So yeah, the the dog is under my desk. So if you hear snoring, that's not one of the hosts falling asleep. That's a uh, thirty pound hippopotamus that lives in my house. Thirty pounds. Oh yeah, thirty pounds. It's like all on her head too. Jeez. Uh, you were listening to the Gimme Five podcast episode fifty five. This is the Gimme 5 Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining subjects. We discuss pop culture, entertainment, and a little bit of nostalgia. I'm Gruesome Greg, here with my co-host, Jimmy of the Dead, ah. and Grave Rob Burr. Get off my lawn! And together, we are the Gimme 5 Brain Trust. And guys, October is upon us. Woo! Yes. We love October. Yeah, this is the favorite time of year for the three of us. Beer! And... No, wait a minute. No, no, not uh, uh, beer. Uh, 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 no. Yeah, there's Oktoberfest, so there's... But yeah, I don't like beer. And, uh, but either way, things are going to get spooky for a few weeks. Uh, not spooky in a things Rob does when he thinks no one is watching kind of way, uh, but spooky in kind of the horror movie and horror-themed event kind of way. And I'm excited. Um, we're going to have lots of fun stuff to talk about. And lots of fun people to talk to. We are efforting for the next few episodes to get in some very cool guests. And as we do all this stuff, we're going to, of course, come up with our Gibby 5 question. Usually ends up with the top five list. Things like top five cosmic horror goblins. Jimmy, no no horror goblin for me? There's nothing better than Jetta. Oh, wait, we did that last week. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I was just throwing it in there. Yeah, I, I, Jimmy's was better. But well, screw you. You haven't <laughs> seen the movie yet, though, have you? No. Okay, well, that's why. Uh, top five oh, antiheroes, top five poison songs, uh, top five songs about poison, instant po- recipes that you can poison, uh, things like that. Belbiv DeVoe. Yeah. And I'm now on a watch list. So, yep. Rob, Another tell our one. guests about spoilers. All of the watch list. Well, this is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We'll try to avoid any major twists. So, like, if you didn't know that Greg was already on my watch list since I have several cameras set up in his house to watch him all at all hours of the day, or that Sam will get you if you don't follow the rules of Halloween, you might want to pause the show and come back later. Uh, Wait, what what was that? Hmm? So, Jimmy, contact information. Hold on. There was a thing you said a second ago. I I have no idea what you're talking about. You can find us on Facebook by searching for... uh, Fine. By searching for the, I don't really don't know what you're talking about. Please don't interrupt me. That's rude. Rude. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. Each of these guys, remember, the five is spelled out F I V E, not the number. You can get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. If you'd like to email us directly, we love emails. You can send us one at Give Me Five Podcast at Gmail dot com. And if you could help us stand out from the crowd, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you are using. You can also check out our store where we have some really cool swag at like give me five podcast.threadless.com. Who doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our logo is awesome. Um, thank you, Katie. Uh, you can have it order, uh, you know, plastered all on all sorts of things and you know, Threadless is constantly uh, introducing new things. So 
uh, keep an eye on it if you don't have any merch already. And if you're like me, you need to order a new USB-C cable because you broke yours. Um, and if that's ever the case, you know, you guys can find our Amazon link through our Libsyn page. Um, that's where you find the descriptions of every episode. Just click on that link, order, you know, what you're going to order. It costs nothing extra, but, uh, Amazon does give us a couple of cents, you know, per purchase to, um, to help keep our, uh, cause you know, we, we do have server space and costs associated. With it, so we'd appreciate so it. many attorneys. So many attorneys for all those watch lists. So how did how did you break the cable? Was it out of rage, or did you tie both the ends to sticks so that you could make like a USB C nunchuck or something? I I wow, it's like you have cameras on me too. <laughs> I may or may not. I cannot confirm or deny that. Robin, that would be a very weirdly specific way of yeah. It would be a very weirdly specific way of breaking a cable if it wasn't in fact true. <laughs> so what's anyway. you guys? <laughs> you know, I've there's not a lot of news news for, no. that I've run into. Yeah, you know, I did. We always do searches and anything that comes up that seems interesting, I'll make notes of it. But the sheer list of cool stuff coming out in the next month is is both like mind blowing and you. you I'm sure you hear the French you snoring right now because it's like and, a chainsaw. And but anyway. also the cool stuff that arrived today. I just got a package today, and I sent you a picture. Oh, I'll have to check that out. But yeah, this, the sheer amount of stuff that, that comes out, it's its almost too much. Uh, I just wrote down some of the things. In the next month, we've got Venom, uh, something that you wouldn't think that I would like, A Star is Born, which is a, a musical kind I'm of. I'm actually interested to see that as well. But I, the, I um, the, the Bradley Cooper character was formulated off of Eddie Vedder. He met with Eddie Vedder, and he worked on the music together with them. And oh, of course. The, of Pearl Jam, for those of you out there that... Uh, live in a hole. So Star is Born, uh, First Man, Halloween remake, or Halloween 3. I'm not sure how they're doing it, but the new Halloween movie. Goosebumps 2, uh, Castlevania, which really, I'm, I have a fondness for it, not only because it's good, but it, we kind of started off our podcast talking about it. Yeah, we like did. Very, a very early episode. Um, so the season two of that is coming out, House on Haunted Hill, which I've heard nothing but good things about. Uh, the new Daredevil season, Making a Murder if you're into the true crime stuff. All that stuff's on Netflix. Uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I wouldn't ever talk about except for the fact that it looks good. It looks like much darker than a Buffy or a Craft or anything like that. It's got Kiernan Shipka. Now I hear from the that. story. <laughs> How do you deal with that? I it's it's soothing. Yeah, the the, the Frenchie is very opinionated about uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, there's a new Gunship album, and I'm sure all you guys you know out there have other stuff. And it, this seems like the most packed October I remember in a while. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just so much to, to binge on Netflix and so much to do it. Uh, it's going to be a fun month and we're going to talk about all of it. I'm very much looking forward to it. And then the other big thing that I guess Rob would like is the, uh, the leaked Harry Potter game. Ooh. There was a, uh, a survey that I guess went out to a marketing group where they played a trailer for a potential Harry Potter game and people were basically paid to watch it, which I got to do. Have you guys ever done that? A marketing research thing? Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh what, what was yours for um it wasn't a video it was a like a campaign for um adult beverages okay like they were like oh what do you think of this <laughs> and it was funny because they were like one of the images like they they had mocked up was like how to enjoy your sunday fun day and everybody in the room was like i hate that term mm -hmm. which i just thought was funny 
Sunday fun day. I can't stand that term. Yeah, I don't either. I don't. But it was it was pretty fun, actually. I'd do it again. Yeah, I did one. I was walking around the mall, and someone's like, hey, do you want to drink some beer? And I was a little younger at the time. I was like, uh, okay. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm they're going to get me drunk. And, <laughs> it's going to take you to like, a van. <laughs> yeah. They're going to get me drunk. your kidneys. I was just going to say that and steal my kidneys, but, but my the kidneys are, them. my kidneys are already effed up as it is, so I'm good. So I, I went with them. It was actually in the mall in like one of the like closed storefronts, and we went in, and they actually had me taste a bunch of beer, which was uh, this brand new beer that hadn't come out yet called Tequiza, which eventually oh, did come out. And then didn't come out. No, it came out. Well, I think it, it's still out. Is it still around? I think so. But That's they had us I mean. taste different versions of it, and they're like, can you taste the tequila in this version? Do you like the taste of the tequila in this version? So they did that. And they basically got, like, an entire room full of people very, very drunk, and then they wouldn't let us leave the mall because of the very, very drunk part. Uh, so they gave us basically unlimited appetizers at Applebee's to, like, sober up. Wow. wow. Yeah, it was um, up until the point that I got married the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah. um, Mitch, who we had recently on the show – uh, he he did one, and it sounded like the worst thing in the world. He uh, tested out sleeping bags, so they would make the room like <laughs> super cold, and they would make it like super hot. It just sounds like a like torture. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's really funny to hear him recant the story. Anything that makes Mitch a little bit uncomfortable makes me happy. I don't want anything bad to happen to me. He's a great person, but just mm-hmm. just slightly uncomfortable, like a, mm-hmm. a room that's a little bit too cold. Makes me happy. That's what it was. But anyway, back to the Harry Potter thing. They basically showed all this footage. The footage looked great. Mm-hmm. And it basically said that the uh, set in the 19th century uh, was a wizarding world, the 1800s. Uh, third person, open world, unique RPG game. Uh, center around your character with unique abilities who has uh, earned a late acceptance to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. You're basically a newly arrived fifth year student and you have to basically run into all of the various characters and stuff from the from the earlier Harry Potter movies and some of the critters and stuff. Um, I think it's interesting that one that it was leaked because we're not, there's been a ton of Harry Potter games and this is the one everyone has talked about because it was quote unquote leaked. What but is, like there's what been Lego Harry Potter. Agent power. Potent. Uh, potent. It's a potent. Identify remnants of a potent. Yeah. It's, I believe a um, potent ancient power. The, there's potent. a lot of misspellings. There's also, I, this is copy pasted directly from a press release. So there's a lot of, or directly from a online thing. So there's potent and eared a late acceptance as well. So I believe that there are some some typos. But Sounds I've, totally legit. Yeah. Yes. Completely. But the, the game looked good. It definitely was not a fake. That's thing. cool. It, I probably won't play it, but um, it's third person, so Rob won't vomit whilst playing it. Awesome. I mean, it sounds like it could potentially be very cool, and yeah. uh, you know, get some some kids playing uh, you know RPG style games and. And Rob as well. Yes. Would you be interested in that, Rob? It sounds pretty neat. Um, possibly, yeah. I mean, it all depends well, on when you it's... look at when you look at the this thing. You probably will because the one of the shots is them walking into the is at the Great Hall, mm-hmm. you know, where oh, the candles floating and stuff, and it looks perfect. That you know, it is kind of super. Oh, yeah, the 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 smoring French bulldog. If you missed the beginning of the show, the, the noise you are hearing, as I've said two other times, is a French is my French bulldog Emma who has fallen asleep under my desk and I can't leave her around the house because there is uh, there, there's chemicals on our floor and I can't have her licking those up. So that is why you hear um, either it sounds a little bit like the little predator clicks sometimes, mm-hmm. but, or a 
Tyrannosaurus eating something. It's it's a dog. There it is. There you go. Clever you go. girl. Oh wait, that's the wrong thing. Well, guys, I think it is time for snap decisions. Snap decision. Okay, snap decisions. This is what we do. We bring up a topic of something that has recently happened. It can be about anything. At which point we ask the rest of the podcast what they feel about said topic and have a limited amount of time, about one minute, to give their opinion. So, I've got one. Okay. A few weeks ago, Jimmy, you said Bumblebee, so stupid, look stupid, 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 stupid. The new trailer just came out last week and revealed old school versions of the Transformers that look exactly like we had as a kid. Yes. Are, you, are you in? Absolutely. I don't think Rob. I've... Go ahead, Rob. I didn't even see it, but yes, I'm totally in if that's the case. Oh, man. I don't They're even want to... perfect. They are exactly yeah. what I wanted them to look like. I went from being excited to be, see a smaller scale movie, which I kind of lo looked at like a Transformers version of like Short Circuit, like the government after the robot, but they showed Shockwave and they showed Ravage. Soundwave. Yeah, Soundwave, Ravage, Shock, uh, Shockwave. Is that the purple gun? Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and Starscream. And they were exactly what you want them to look like. And as soon as so, I saw it, I was like, okay, I'm in. So is this essentially a reboot of Transformers then? This is... Because Bumblebee's got a whole new look to it. No. Yeah, but, but the Transformers can look like anything. I think this is a, like, hey, all that stuff didn't happen. If anything, it's a prequel. It's definitely a prequel because it's set in the 80s. And I d tonally, it looks so much better. The way the character, I don't know, everything looks better to me. So I hope it it sets up. So that was my quick one, one of my quick ones. Um, do you guys have anything? I, I don't have one, no. Negative. So I'll do one more. Okay. Just because I found it interesting. So today there was the, we're recording on Wednesday. They did the FEMA presidential alert, which I, did you guys get that at 2.15 or 2.17 or whatever time it was today? No. Yes, I did. I got, I got an alert that was, it said it was a test of something. Yeah, that's that, what it was. Oh, it was okay. just a test of it. Meaning that if anything major happens, it's called the presidential alert, but it's not the president. Um, because like, if that was the case, it'd be like, you know, get your buy one, get one mega hats. And that's, it's about like hurricanes. It, if it were, if it were actually from the president, it'd be like some misspelled shit. Yeah. Like Kofefe or something. So it wasn't that it's more for like, you know, if there's a missile being launched at us or something major. So what I would like to know guys is, is there anything in your life that you would like to have non-emergency related? Warning sent to your phone as soon as they happen. Yes. Yes. What would that be? Traffic on my route to work. Okay. Acceptable because we live in Orlando and that is always an issue. Because it always sucks because I, I leave basically the same time for work every day and it gives me enough time to get to work with some minutes to spare. So I'm, I mean, I'm not like running in to get to work on time, but when there's an accident, my commute time literally will go from, uh, what, 20 minutes to get 20 minutes to get to work to almost 45 to 50 minutes to get to work, at which point I'm super late. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and, and there's not really any way to predict that until I get out of my house and get in my car. Okay. And uh, Jimmy. Yeah, I've got one. Um, in, in recent months, years, I don't know. You always hear about, oh, it's national this day. It's national, you know, food wise, national cheeseburger day, na national pizza day. I want, the best deal sent to me in an alert with a coupon I can use for those things. 
like maybe if I went somewhere and put in like I really like steak, I really like pizza, I really like onion rings, french fries, notify me when those days. Not like it's, you know, inside out kielbasa day. Well, that'd be pretty good it sounds like. I don't know. But like <laughs> it's, okay, I can see that. Like national fried bug day you know okay I'd, I'd try it but send me the best deals send me coupons on my phone that i can go into wendy's and be like yo let me get my small fry nice i, I would like a location-based alert to whenever there is some sort of dog or puppy that is available to be pet because and or any other odd animal because how many times have i not been working a day that like someone brought in like a pot belly pig to work and then you're all Jimmy's all like, oh yeah, so and so was walking around with a pig. You just need to go to Lake Eola Farmers Market on a Sunday, because hello God, man, I need to pet random animals. Go to and Lake Eola on a Sunday, and I know the risk of saying that with Rob on the thing. Okay, so that that was mine. Those were the two things that popped into my That's mind, it. and that of course was snap decisions. Usually we say this a little bit earlier, but I did not remember, even though it's on the script. Uh, so some of the stuff we are going to talk wow. about, yeah, I know. I was too excited about, uh, I don't know, weird foods. Uh, <laughs> I've got an ice cream sandwich for you. Well, I'm going to play trivia tonight since since we're recording in the afternoon, and it's endless boneless wings. Although I'm not a big fan of boneless wings, but still. What Chicken are we fingers. talking about? They bred yeah. them too much. Yeah, yet again, we're not talking about our topics. So Sorry. our topics, guys, we are going to talk about, for Halloween Horror Nights, we're going to talk about the Poltergeist House. And the Trick or Treat House. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to talk about the Netflix, or is it an original? It's very, it is very original, but is it a Netflix original? Um, are you talking about the Endless? Yes, the Endless. I think it's a Netflix original. The Endless. I want to say it is because I think I remember <clears throat> seeing the Netflix, the Netflix logo on it. The yeah, you know, like they do when it's their original programming or whatever. Yeah. And also, yeah, I'm going to do just a topic dump at some point because. And you guys can join in as well. Where I'll, I've seen a bunch of movies and stuff. I basically was like stuck in bed for like a week with this stupid stomach thing that I mentioned on last episode. Uh, so I watched everything. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about some of that stuff, maybe a minute or two for each. And in fact, I guess that might be a good thing to start with. And then we can get into like the real deep, like horror stuff. Is that cool with you guys? Go for it. Dump yeah. away. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I am uh, preparing the dump. Some of the things I got the opportunity to watch, there's more than this, but uh, Iron Fist Season 2. I didn't even finish Iron Fist Season 1. Um, I didn't think... There were a lot of people that had problems with it, and I think that the problems mm -hmm. people had with it were very stupid because they were upset that they made the character look just like the character in the comics <laughs> instead of... And uh, without getting too deep into it, people were angry about that and took it out on this actor that just tried out, got a job, and it was something he really wanted to do, and they were like mad at him because he looked exactly like the character was supposed to. Instead of picking an Asian actor, I don't get it. Whatever. Um, I did not finish season one because it wasn't. It focused too much on some of the business aspects and re was very repetitive. And the fight scenes were not great. And the one problem I did have with the actor is that you you could tell that they limited the fight scenes because of him. Uh, season two, same actor, much more training, and the fight scenes are a lot better. I am almost done with season two. It's actually very good. Cool. And they have Alice Eve. Do you know Alice Eve? No. She is, I think she's an Australian actress, but... Not personally, no. Do you know of her? Um, she is, uh, you know if you saw her, she's been in a bunch of stuff, but she is plays a character named Mary, if you know the Iron Fist comic book or the 
the Marvel street level comics, you'll know who she is, but I'm not spoiling anything there. And she's really good at playing this character. And I'm just, I'm excited to see where the season goes. So that got me. Um, I watched Hell House, Hell House LLC. And I watched that because of Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Not because you told me to watch it specifically, but because you revealed your love about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, on this very show uh, for found footage horror movies. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah, man. And I had not seen too many of them other than the major ones. You know, I've seen your Blair Witches, your Cloverfields, your... Crack, uh, crack. Gotta watch <laughs> Grave Troll Encounters. Hunter. Grave Encounters, you gotta watch it. Yeah. Um, I like Hell House LLC, and the horror stuff is, it's kind of spooky, but they do a lot of stuff happening off off camera or things happening behind a closed door where you hear screaming and stuff. The thing I liked was all the conversations about setting up the haunted house. Cause basically the story of it is a group of people. They rent out this place called the Abaddon hotel to build like a, a horror house or a haunted house for like a one night kind of deal. And it talks about them like Abaddon getting ready. Uh, maybe Abaddon or Abaddon. It's, it's a yeah. demon. It's named after a demon or it's part yeah, of the Abaddon. town called it's Abaddon. Yeah. Okay. Well in it, I believe they call it Abaddon, but Abaddon, they, uh, it's the name of the town, so. <laughs> I would not be able to take it seriously if it called it Abaddon. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I'd be like, come on, guys, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's pretty good. They do this, they set up this stuff, and as some people know, uh, all three of us at one point or another have set up haunted houses and horror movie shows or costume contests and all this stuff. And it's funny hearing some of the conversations go amongst these people, which are the same ones we have. So I really liked it. It made me actually like the characters a lot better, which, of course, is a bad thing when you're watching a horror movie. Uh, Jack Ryan. Uh, Jack Ryan being played by John Krasinski, who's having a kick-ass year. Yeah, he is. Between what writing, directing, and starring in A Quiet Place and playing Jack Ryan on Netflix. Or no, sorry, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, the Jack Ryan show is really good. I think it's 10 or 12 episodes. I don't remember. But I couldn't stop watching them. I started. I watched one, and then it was three days later. I was done because I just kept watching. Um, if you like spy stuff, uh, if you like the early seasons of Twenty Four before they got ridiculous, that's the feeling you'll get. It's very, very good. And last, I did actually get out of the house with my kid to see Smallfoot. Oh, nice! How was that? Uh, it's it's very cute. Uh, it does drag at points. Now, mind you, of this is for the people out there with with kids. Um, any movie that has any point that drags for five minutes. When you've got a kid that starts getting antsy, it seems like a 30-minute drag, so I'm not entirely sure how long it drags. But I thought it was pretty good. I'm actually very surprised that it made it to the big screen because I think it poses some very interesting questions about religious belief that I'm very surprised that any studio would remotely touch because there's a lot of, like, it's they don't talk about real religions, but the the, the small feet people are being forced to do stuff in the name of religion, which is really just to keep them safe from humans. And it's not, you know, it's all made up. And with how vocal people are about anything these days, I'm very surprised that a studio would, would do that. Not that I'm mad about it. I mean, I happen to agree with it, but as I was watching it, I was like, wow, I'm sorry, surprised. I haven't seen at least one article out there about like, Oh, this is telling you not to believe in God, or this is telling you this. There were no protests in front of the theaters. And that's good. Yeah. Like I was, uh, I'm just, I was worried that like this cute kids movie would end up getting that because it's not offensive and everything is done in good spirit or with a good, you know, with the, with good intentions. Yeah. With no malintent. Yeah. But 
So th those are some of the things I did. There's a lot more, but I don't want to bore you guys. But those are some quick reviews of things that came out recently. Uh, if I had to do one of those, um, guys, definitely check out Jack Ryan out there. Uh, it's, you know, it's worth watching. Great cliffhangers. If you liked Old 24, you'll love it. Um, if you have kids, Smallfoot is, is a pretty good choice. And if you like Found Horror, Jimmy, I've already told you to watch Hell House. Yep. I will get on that very soon. Uh, so instead, um, I actually watched a couple of movies too. I think Greg, you and Rob both watched The Endless. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, I'll talk a little bit about um, what is that? Shut the dark. What do I keep calling it? Hold the dark. I'll talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that too. But since we all watched The Endless, uh, why don't we talk about it? Yeah, I think um, I would like to watch Hold the Dark as well. So maybe we hold the dark till uh, the next episode. Yeah, I, I almost watched hold. I almost watched hold the dark last night, right after the end. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's save it then. That's episode fifty six. Will be on hold the dark, guys. Yeah. Woo! And it. Um. Wait. Won't it also have a, a special guest? I believe so. Yes. We have. We we're working on that. Maybe he can watch it too. So yeah, we'll 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 see. We're working on that. Um. The Endless is on Netflix. It's directed by actually the guys who star in the movie. So Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead play two brothers, um, Aaron and his brother, Justin, uh, were part of a, they're, they were, they, they're survivors of a UFO death cult who return after return for a visit after receiving a goodbye video in the mail. So they get a video in the mail that's, you know, one person basically saying, Hey, we're going to a better place. We know exactly what we're doing, you know? And they're like, Oh God, you know, we, we got to get out there and, and, you know, see them off basically. So if, if you guys are into um, cosmic horror, it, it definitely falls in that category. Would you guys say that? I mean, there are cosmic horror in the sense that there's something not right with the universe. I don't, I don't know that I would classify it as horror. A I cosmic would, thrill. I, I would probably put it under like a suspense kind of thing. Cosmic. Okay, it's a suspense movie. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It, it um, could be. You could consider it horror in the in the fact that it's unnerving, but it's not pure. Like there's someone going to get you. There's no. It's not slashers or anything like that. Yeah, there, there's kind of this uh, a presence. Um, they refer to it as that thing or it. Right. Well, and and that's what I'm saying. I don't think they focus enough on the actual presence or or what's going or or how or why what's happening in the movie is happening. Um, so much as just showing you what's going on and then kind of getting away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas, whereas if they'd have delved a little bit more into, into what was happening and how it was happening and, and why it was happening, stuff like that, then, then it might've gotten a little bit more intense and it might've actually fallen into the horror category. But at this point I, I probably. Okay. I, I, I agree with you. The camp or the, uh, the cult you want to call it that is uh their Arcadia, so yeah. Camp Arcadia, and they drink a lot of freaking beer, a lot of beer. It's really funny that a lot recently, if they ever try to have someone, it's like in everything I've been watching, Fear the Walking Dead, this, 
bunch of stuff. They have someone that's like the cool guy or that they're looking to do something in the future or whatever. Mm-hmm. It always involves some sort of microbrew beer that they're going to open up a brewery. They've got beer, like they're brewing beer in Fear of the Walking Dead? Uh, one of the characters was brewing. He was kind of a douche. And as he he got bit and as he was about to die, they're like, give me the recipe for your your brew. And he's like, no, screw you, whatever. And then eventually he gave it over as kind of his last thing. That was one of his like turning points. It was part of something else. It was actually kind of that storyline I actually liked. Sounds stupid the way I was describing it, but I actually kind of liked it. Hmm. It was like, you know, when all of this clears up, I'm going to reopen my brewery kind of thing. Brewery. And yeah, and even like, I don't know. It seems like everyone, every town has like that one new little like microbrewery that's like springing up recently. And it's kind of funny how it's also showing up in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's been happening for several years here. So. Mm. Uh, I, I tell you the part that that really kind of screamed cosmic to me was the uh, the struggle, which the struggle the, was. The uh, yeah, that was. Cool. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. I forgot that it had an actual name. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Playing tug of war with something with the sky, basically. Um, you know, Justin is the skeptic and he, he uh, there's a character in there named Dave. Who he refers smiling to as smiling Dave. Dave. That dude was uh, creepy. He was super creepy, and it was a great touch. Um, but he goes, "Yeah, it's just smiling Dave on top of a ladder." And then he he looks back, and there's smiling Dave smiling at him. Mm-hmm. So, and like the rest of the commune was all there. So he was playing tug of war with something. There's no possible way that he could have been fighting that hard against just one person. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very cool. Um, there's some really for for what it is, you know, not a huge budget film. Um, no superstars in the movie. It's the visual effects were were pretty good. Uh, yeah. and pretty unnerving. The guy in the tent, the the visual effects were really cool on that. They were the guy that was good. like stuck in a time loop where he was like shaking and then like he would kind of blur out and then he would come and he'd like run off the screen and then he'd appear again and it made him look like he was in the what, nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, I don't know. It looked old. It yeah. did. It was like a like a expedition tent. Yeah. And then when he like lunged towards the camera, it was just the editing was really good. And they cut things a few seconds or maybe even a half a second before you'd see what you actually wanted to see, which made you want to like know more, made you more interested in stuff. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It, it wasn't a jump scare scenario. It was just, you know, unsettling Re- reminded me um, of lost yeah. at points. Yeah. So, but, but we're, we're kind of, we're kind of falling off the subject here. Cause, cause basically these guys are coming back. They, they escaped the UFO death cult. What did they say? Like 10 years prior, mm-hmm. 10 yes. years prior. And they were certain that they had killed themselves by now. So when they got this, when they got this, uh, this recorded message, they were like, what is going on? And that was why they had to go back to see what was going on. And the younger brother, who's probably what, a couple of years younger, like three or four years younger, than mm-hmm. um yeah. than his older brother. The only life he ever knew was the life in this in this um he calls it a commune, his brother calls it a cult. Um mm-hmm. but he Which was a good he was well point. cared for, he was well fed, you know, he didn't see any of the weird stuff that went on. So he only has fond memories of this of this cult and his brother kind of drug him out of there. And he wants to go back because their life outside of the cult is kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. The younger brother is what a drug addict? Is that? Uh, no, I don't think. I don't think no. he was. No. I thought there was a mention of a drug addict. Somewhere no, that's one of the. That's They're one of the. Chris, one of the vignettes. Yeah, uh, okay. like 
crazy Chris in the in the shed. Mm-hmm. The tweaker gun nut. Uh, uh, okay, gotcha. There, some of the characters looked very similar to me. Mm. So there was a few times, like I had, to, I did a lot of rewinding. So and there's there's a little bit of hinting. There's a little bit of hinting at it, like as the movie goes on, but they kind of leave it up to you to figure out. But like when when they first get there, Justin, the older brother, is amazed at how well preserved, if you will, everybody in the camp is because t- he said uh, yeah. he said we left ten years ago and everybody looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So so they hint at it, you know, as it as it goes along. Um, but we also find out that that the camp isn't the only isn't the only area where weird things are happening, and but it's all in this like little yeah. localized area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is not, you know, they're <laughs> I'm trying to avo- avoid a certain term that they use, but yeah, there are definitely different areas affected by uh this presence or it. Sky demon that they have tug of war with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I I found very interesting was and and really at first I you know, he's like like you said it's a commune not a cult. And was, oh no, it's a cult and uh, they get there and they're just like, "Hey, what's up? You want to sit around the fire and drink a beer? How's it going? Here's some food." And it's like, "Is all right? Everybody's cool here, right?" Like, yeah, they were like really welcoming. Let's mm-hmm. just smile and Dave. He's weird. Yeah, smile and Dave then, was uh, the one exception, but everybody else was really kind of welcoming and and open. Yeah, but it's like, what's in the shed, huh? Why is that giant comical lock on that thing? So you, you know, it reminds you mm-hmm. every once in a while that. Yeah, this, this is something weird's going on. Um, and the the presence that they refer to or it uh, communicates via um, like cassette tape or VHS or photos yeah, or whatever. That that was super interesting. Um, there is a uh, it, it at one point the character finds a hard drive and okay, so he brings this hard drive to a couple of other people and the guy hooks it up to his computer and he watches it and he goes, Oh, well that didn't work. Well, yeah, no, that was one of the guys in the vignette who found the hard drive in, in the, uh, Oh, okay. It was Mike. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He found it and he goes, Oh shit, that didn't work. Yeah. Um, and that, that gives a, a big reveal as to what's really going on. I was, I was just surprised that the, uh, that the hard drive would work after being buried in dirt. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, or uh, the the tape at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or the one that was dropped out of the sky. I I get that. It's a little. There there was one scene where I had no idea. I I rewound it multiple times and I had no idea what it was trying to show. Uh, okay. Where it was where the guy like stops. One of the brothers I think stops and looks back into the woods and there's just like a small clearing in the woods. And he looks back and you hear like a rattle kind of sound. I had no idea what that was trying to show. The, you mean the rattlesnake that was on the ground? I could not see a rattlesnake. There, there was. There was a rattlesnake, and then and when he stepped was. back onto the path, it was gone. Yep. Uh, maybe I wasn't rewinding far enough. Yeah. Yes, okay. there, no there was initially a rattlesnake, and then he, he got startled and stepped back like onto the path or into the back into the vignette or whatever it was he was in. the little. I keep calling it a vignette, but the little dome thing that that uh, he was headed into and it disappeared because they also showed at several points that you couldn't see past the wall. The wall created that reflection. Remember? Yeah. There was like, yeah. Like with the driving with oh, the, horrible. with the girl. Okay. 
Yeah, there was a couple scenes where like the girl was on one side of it, and he was on the other. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interestingly Each done. Other. It it was very well written. I mean, it. Um, I don't know if you guys you know agree. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was a, a solid time investment that you know added it. It felt new. Yes. Um, it, yes, I would agree with that. Cool. Mm-hmm. It um it was just good. It it reminded me of things. It reminded me of Lost. It specifically reminded me. It had the same suspenseful feeling that the movie. I don't think you guys have seen it. It's called Yellow Brick Road. No. Uh, it reminded me a lot of that, and it could have been because they were in you know nature for a lot of the time, or or not, or or it was just the sense of dread. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely one that you, I've mentioned it before. When we're deciding which movies to watch, and you were talking to me at work yesterday where you said you could either watch The Endless or watch um, the movie that we can't hold the dark. Yeah. I can't remember how to keep saying shut the dark. And you were like, well, The Endless, you know, why don't we support independent movie? And that's right. This is an independent movie, but it's very well done. It definitely, the writing makes up for any possible budgetary differences. I think this was made for like $20,000, oh, wow. but you cannot tell at all um, because the, it hides its inconsistent, it hides its budgetary, its lack of budget very well. I was going to say, I was going to say, no, you're, you're, what you started to say was incorrect, but yes, it, it does hide the lack <laughs> of budget very well, but it does not hide the inconsistencies very well. And, and that was, that was my, those were my issues with the movie in and of itself. I mean, don't get me wrong. The movie, the movie is enjoyable. It's a great story. It's, it's, it's very well done. And I can look past, uh, the, the issues that I have with it, but the, 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 the method that they had set up for what was going on seemed very inconsistent from like dome to dome or from, from scene to scene. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From habitat to habitat. Yeah, essentially. Yes. How about that? All right, how, how, know... how much are we going to actually reveal? I mean, are we going to talk about that or? I don't think we should. No, I, I'd like to keep it as uh, foggy as possible. I'd be willing to bet that about 90% of the people that we talk to on here have Netflix or access to Netflix. Okay. They all probably share the same account. But... It's true. And I I have a good feeling that the people who are listening to us talk about this movie right now will go, Oh shit. I've never heard of that. Let me check it out. Okay. Cause, cause I can't, I can't talk about the problems that I had without revealing what was actually happening. So we'll, we'll forego that for now. Let's do this. I would like to hear these problems. Some of the people that may have seen this movie would like to hear the problems. What we'll do is I would like, after when I'm done here, you tell us the problems. I will put that at the very end of the episode. That, that okay. All right. And so that'll be an outtake. And we're back. Movie. It sounds like all of you guys did. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of you guys, all two of you did. Uh, despite its inconsistencies, I think it was very ambitious. I'm yes. going gonna, gonna to say that for an indie film, it was very ambitious. Absolutely. Um, and it is, it is completely worth a watch, by the way. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't let, my, don't let my, uh, my ravings deter you from seeing Which it. You guys will hear again at the end of the episode. Correct. Uh, this movie actually is one of the smallest budget movies that actually is part of a cinematic universe. Oh, really? What? Which, I don't know if you guys saw that. So this is actually the second movie of of possibly three, I think. But uh, the first one is called Resolution. And 
I'm going to just read you a very quick part of the plot of Resolution. Uh, Michael, a professional graphic designer who lives in the city with his wife, receives an email that contains a video of Chris Daniels, his best friend. Chris has become a junkie and is retreated to a remote rural area. Uh, Dot, dot, dot. I'm going to, there's more, but whatever. Chris and Mike. And the cat. Yep, Chris and Mike. So this is actually a, a, a loose sequel uh, the movie called Resolution. It's a 2012 movie made by the same people. Is it star the same guys as Chris and Mike? Uh, they have very, they're very far down in the cast list, and they actually are still cult members in the point in this movie. So I, I would say it's very similar to another movie that came out recently that was a hidden sequel to something, Night Shyamalan movie, Double Split and whatever. So this is kind of like that type of sequel. So Resolution is something that we might also want to take a look at. If we can find it, the poster for that's really cool. It's got the cabin on fire with uh, like a skull and the explosion. It's pretty cool. Well, no, no. My question was: was did they have the same actors for Chris and Mike? Not not the guys who were in the cult. Did they have the same actors for Chris and Mike? Peter Ciela and I. I believe it's the same actors. I didn't. I no, I'm talking. I'm talking about the two guys in the cabin, the druggie and his friend who's trying to save him. Not the not the two guys that were the stars of the movie we watched. I, I'm. It is the same actors. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm looking right now, but. Vinnie Curran and Peter Ciela. Yes, those are the, it is the same actors. Oh, okay, that's cool. It's a Marvel Universe kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, I think all three of us agree, guys. If you want to see something kind of kind of trippy, something very cool, if you want to support a small budget or a small independent film company, check out The Endless and also check out Resolution if you enjoy the, actually you might want to watch Resolution first. Yes. And I think that covers that. Well, uh, Jimmy, uh, last year around this time, I could not stop talking about Trick or Treat and Rob kind of yep. well joined in on me you had not seen it yet but you borrowed it for me actually also last year yeah and finally watched it yesterday i believe yeah i did i did finally watch it um what'd you think well i can't find your dvd so i'm sorry but i will oh. <laughs> um it's in my apartment somewhere but i'm like frantically running around last night dealing with some computer shit um i'll tell you about it tomorrow um nothing crazy just it's like cg i could talk about like renders and crap for 20 minutes but i won't because we're trying to keep this toit um yeah i it's on amazon uh 2.99 for the rental i can't wait to watch it again i thought it was in a halloween classic that not enough people know about um very well done i i love the movie I love the style. I love the way it was split up into the the different you know parts of it and just yeah the different fantastic. segments. Yeah, it was it's uh, it's uh, for those who don't know, it's basically four mini tales, and they act- and I didn't realize that, but they actually say it in the opening credits and like the uh, the comic book panel scenes. Mm-hmm. It says four tales of terror in mm-hmm. one of the comic book panels, um, and they they are connected. They they yes. are, but I love that they're not told linearly. Oh, it's such a cool way that they tie them together. Yeah, it's I, so brilliant. I love that they don't do them linearly. Linearly, they they kind of like break them up and they show you each one individually, but then they kind of tie them all together, and it's like, oh man, that's meant. Yeah, this movie came out in two thousand seven. Uh, it's considered a a horror comedy cult classic, and for some reason, the story of how I got the movie just makes me kind of happy. Me, Rob and I were decorating my house for Halloween and going like way out, and we got to a point where like we need more stuff, and it was like it had to be after midnight already. Mm-hmm. we like ran to walmart and got a few things that we needed and then i saw this giant bin and i was like i don't know what this movie is but look at this little dude he looks awesome i'm like yeah the little sam guy and i picked it up and of course i 
you know, I think we, it was, we probably started watching it at like one or two in the morning. Yeah. And it was, and we're like, wow, this is really good. And I've kind of revisited every Halloween since. Um, and the reason why we're talking about it now, of course, as we mentioned earlier, is this is one of the haunted houses. I believe it both. Actually, yeah, it's definitely at both uh, haunted or Halloween Horror Nights, Orlando and Hollywood. Nice. Um, they did visit this last year in a scare zone and they now turned it into a full haunted house because it's it's really perfect for a haunted house. It's fun. It's scary at times. It has a, a mascot that can be easily recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, just it's it has a, a, a storyline that carries you through. Um, so as we talk about this, we're going to talk a little bit about the movie, but also tie it into the haunted house, I think. And I thought that all the little stories were really good in the yeah. uh, in the movie. There were surprises. When I, saw, there was... when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, that's right. Anna Paquin's in this. Yep. <laughs> And, and a guy uh, that's not William H. Macy, but like looks like an emaciated William H. Macy. Oh, yeah. And the, um, is that Rip Torn? Uh, is he in the Zed I think from so. Men in Black. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I believe he's in that. Uh, Brian Cox is in it as well. Who is the guy that is emaciated? Uh, Dylan Baker is the emaciated uh, William H. Macy. But Oh, and Thurman Merman's in it. I do not know who that is. <laughs> the kid from Bad Santa who just wanted to make uh, sandwiches all the time. Oh, just like some sandwiches. Yeah. Jesus, kid, what is it with you and sandwiches? <laughs> um. Anyway, so the the movie has this this little guy that if you do not follow the rules of Halloween, which we'll get to later, then he will wreak well death upon you. <laughs> I believe with a he will wreak death upon you <laughs> with a I believe a very pointy uh. Lollipop. lollipop or some other way. He's got a lot of powers that they kind of slowly reveal throughout the movie. And it's, you know, kind of small town. There's a lot of other things that have happened in this town that they sort of revisit. And there's, you know, the spooky rock quarry and the... Yeah, and they the go... The things that happen. They go all out for Halloween every year. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how Halloween Our Nights is able to justify. It's, it's not just, you know, one house or whatever. It's a town. Mm-hmm. And, and this is going to sound weird, but I have to say this. I, because it struck me as as how how Sam moves, like how he moves his body. He actually moves like a child, and it kind of made me wonder whether they actually got a kid to play Sam. You know what I that's mean? That's true. Well, that's the point. And what's the answer to that? I I, I honestly don't know because I did I didn't look it up, but um, I'm sure the research department could probably uh, the actor that. The is okay. is Quinn Lord. Um, so he was born in February of 1999, filmed Trick or Treat in 2007. So okay, was, so yeah, he was so he was a kid. I don't know much about him, but it, he was in Hyde Park as well, mm-hmm. just last year actually. Uh, all of his images show him like doing dance like things, like on IMDb. Mm-hmm. So like you know, like doing the thing, like where he's leaning on a chair and leaning up against the wall. So I'm guessing he might have something like dance wise, but he was a kid at the time. But that's the point. Like, he's supposed to look like a little trick-or-treating kid right. so he can kind of move around freely. And they kind of have him like that in the haunted house as well. Like, that first, the first time you see him down that alleyway in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just a statue, but it's like, he's there. But every time I go into that house, I'm waiting for that statue to bum-rush me. They totally <laughs> need to swap it out just one night. They do. Because he's they just do. at the end of an alleyway right as you walk in the house. It's like, uh, and the house, the actual haunted house, not the house, house. Um... They actually take you in the haunted house through a bunch of the different scenes of the movie. So you end up, you know, you you end up in the uh, the bedroom of the old guy who I believe he hates Halloween. Is that correct? 
Yeah, something like that. Someone borrowed my movie, so I wasn't able to rewatch it this year. Um, Someone lost your movie, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, so well, I believe that oh, might actually movie. be one of the rules, and Sam's going to hunt you down. But you, like, go into the guy's bedroom, and they have, like, the shotgun sound, and he's, like, shooting at Sam. And Sam, like, there's a statue of Sam or a decoration of Sam, like, up on the corner of the wall. Mm-hmm. There's, like, stuff written all over the walls. Um, this was the house, Rob. I think that they have a room that smells like like pumpkin spice or candy, right? If I remember correctly. Um. No, I think that room is in Slaughter Cinema, where the it's the pumpkin guts room. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I thought there was a room that smelled good, but maybe maybe I'm not right. It's whatever room Rob is in. Yes, yeah, it smells like Rob. So, uh, they, I love when they'll build a an outdoor set the inside of. <laughs> just gonna plow right through that. I love when they'll build like an outdoor yeah. set in an interior space at Halloween Horror Nights, and when they do like the neighborhood type stuff, they did it. Uh, for Halloween last year, Halloween three, mm-hmm. uh, two last year. And one of, one like... of the, and actually one of the one of the scenes that stands out the most in my mind is the one they did it for the Freddy year, where they did the <laughs> Elm Street with the front facade of Freddy's house. Yes, and the other ones like even the the old West Ghost one, where they had the train yard and the the, the conquistador ghost one. Yeah, they had an entire boat inside. Yeah. Well, then they also had that that courtyard in the in the castle or the um the fort or whatever it was yes super cool when they do that kind of stuff i love those and they they did this again where they had like you walked in there's there's these ghosts like they look like ghosts that are kind of put up on crosses in front of someone's house it's these people's decorations Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of those they use those to scare people um they do that they they take you through a lot of stuff so if there's a an image that's very important to the movie it it shows up in this house uh the rock quarry which i was like how are they going to do that how are they going to do a thing that involves a school bus? Mm-hmm. And how are they going to do a thing that involves water? And they actually, I mean, they have a school bus that was cut in half, basically, on an angle. It looks like it's submerged underwater, and the floor is mirrored. So the water, yeah. like, the floor is reflective. And it looks so cool. Yeah, it does. Um, it looked better to me the second time, though. Because the, the first time, the one of the parts, and um, I'm, I'm trying to remember this, but there's, like, the, a metal elevator that, like, goes down into the quarry, right? Yes. In the movie. Mm-hmm. So you end up on that elevator, but you don't really realize you're on that elevator until after you're off and you're in the rock quarry. And it's like, oh, that thing I just walked through was that elevator because it doesn't obviously move. So that was like one thing that the second time I went through it, I liked it a lot better. Um, and the, the other thing that stands out for me about this house is the werewolves. Yes. And I totally forgot That's they were in the movie. <laughs> that was probably my favorite part of the movie. The, the werewolf you- part? Well, the whole twi- turnaround there, I think, was great. Oh, yeah. Like, where you think she's in trouble, and then she's dressed like mm-hmm. Little Red Riding Hood, and all this, like, oh, no, bad things are going to happen, and it turns out that, yeah. And they have a giant animatronic werewolf in in the yeah they do trick-or-treat house, which looks great. I wonder if that's the same one that they had for um, American Werewolf in London. It would make sense. I mean, they're not going to toss away a giant animatronic werewolf. And if they do, they can throw it right in my yard. Yes, I will take it. I want to know where they are throwing it out. I will go pull it out of the dumpster. Me three. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and oh, yeah, the the vomiting kid. He's uh, he, Thurman Merman. Yes, he, what Jimmy said. He, he, he had appearance another appearance not. because he had an appearance last year of him just sitting on the on the front porch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, basically sitting on the stairs, throwing up into like a little hole in the stairs, which then, of course, is really a pump system that makes him throw up again. Yeah. And it's great, and it's just... I don't know if there's actually a smell there, but I smell something. Um, but what what kid, what what 
candy obsessed kid. I'll, I'll use that term instead of the other term. What candy obsessed kid would treat his candy like that? Yeah. Oh, just dragging it. Yeah, just, the, it, it, the sack that he collected his candy and was all dirty and wet and, and gross. And he's just dragging his candy on the ground behind him. I'm like, I don't know any candy obsessed kid that would do that to their candy. That's true. So he, he's in there. Um, I really enjoyed this haunted house, but there was there was one thing you pointed out to me, Rob, about this haunted house. So go ahead, tell the listeners. I'm I'm not sure which part you're talking about. The end of it. Oh, yeah, and I still don't know why they do it. Um, it I mean, maybe it's just because it's the 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 hallway. Um, but basically, at the end of the haunted house, you you come into the into the room where the bus is half submerged into the quarry. So you've got this this big scene and you've got the the pool of water on your left and the bus is in is in there and then you walk through the rock wall to go to the next section but it's a it's just like a 20 foot hallway with no scares no nothing it's just like a 20 foot hallway and then you walk out of the house like you're literally out of the house after that and when he says hallway it's like it's like a house hallway yeah, it's it's like, so it's with, like with like wallpaper and pictures and lights hanging on the wall, and then you walk out and you're out of the house. I'm like, the hell was that? And I don't remember if that's how the movie ends. So well, that's no, kind of why I'm bringing this up. The, the movie ends with the old guy thinking that Sam spared him, and the doorbell rings, and he answers the doorbell, and he hands out the candy to the trick or treaters, and Sam kind of walks away. And then he comes back inside and he's like, I hate Halloween. And then the doorbell rings and he goes and opens it. And it's all the ghost kids from the bus. Okay. So unless that's the tie in, but still, I mean, it, it, to me, when I went through the haunted house, it seemed like they designed this house out and they were like, oh man, this is fantastic. And then they set everything up and they built everything up. And then they, and then they looked around and they went, shit, the, the scene ends like 15 feet before the exit to the building. Mm-hmm. What? What do we do? Ah, screw it. Just build a hallway. What? We have some extra wallpaper. Just put that up there. Yeah, I, I'm like, what is this? I, I thematically, I don't get it. I don't understand why that hallway is there. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts, Jimmy? On the hallway being there, having not been there and just seen the movie last night, no, I have no or, idea. Uh, okay. Any any thoughts on to why they might end with the the house hallway? Did you notice anything at the ending that is like, oh well, you know, maybe. Maybe that's symbolic of this or symbolic of that. I don't really think so, no. Okay. Yeah, so I was wondering, like, maybe they did, like, a long pan down a hallway at the end or something like that, but... No, I don't, I don't remember seeing that, because, in fact, I thought it ended with a pan over the street. Yeah, I think it does. Okay. Well, Trick or Treat, really fun haunted house, really fun movie. Um, I know, obviously, all of you guys can't make it to Halloween Horror Nights Orlando or Hollywood, but you can all get Trick or Treat on on Amazon for two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect so, time of year to watch it. I think it's actually going to make it into our annual rotation because one of the other movies that we watch every year around Halloween is Hocus Pocus. So it might make it into our Halloween rotation. Nice. So I think we'll move on to the the next movie slash house because it is actually also a haunted house at Halloween Horror Nights this year. And we're going to go over the classic Poltergeist. I mean, Geist. Uh, yes, Poltergeist. Uh, this movie was the one of the Holy Grails for the HHN people, they had been wanting this forever. There's re- some reasons that it didn't happen. I'm guessing expense in some ways. Um, but they did like an 80s theme, and Poltergeist is one of the best horror movies of the 80s, if not of all time. Mm-hmm. So they snagged it. Um, I guess I'll talk a little bit about the movie. Poltergeist they... scared the crap out of me as a kid. Yeah. I said this last episode. I, it ruined me. Like, 
like not being able to sleep for weeks because I, I I'm convinced I saw it in the theater, but it might have been on HBO. Um, uh, it was produced by Steven Spielberg and directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, it was directed by it was produced by Spielberg, directed by Toby Hooper. Um, there was a clause in his contract for ET that Spielberg could not direct Poltergeist. However, he had a, a lot of hands in it. There has been stories that come out after the fact that Spielberg basically directed Poltergeist as well, and that Hooper just put his name on it. Um, how, would, this is, how would that kind of clause get in Spielberg's contract, or was it in to- Hooper's contract? It was in Spielberg's contract because they're like, "We're giving you a huge budget." as an up-and-coming director to do this movie called E.T., you can't direct anything else at the same time. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, both of these movies came out within a week of each other in the summer of 1982. Both Poltergeist and, or, uh, E.T. came out, and then the very week later, Poltergeist came out. So this summer of 82 has been referred to as the summer of Spielberg as a result of that, which I thought was kind of a neat little thing mm-hmm. there. Um, and this movie was actually based on a couple, re- uh, I'm saying this was finger quotes, uh, real hauntings, the Herman haunting, that's H-E-R-M-A-N-N. Thurman Merman. In which there was a ghost that was just screaming Thurman Merman over and over again in Long Island. And uh, that is the haunting that kind of brought us the idea of like stuff in a kitchen getting stacked up. Like you leave a room and you come back and every, like all the chairs are stacked or uh, things like. So did I they not do that in Amityville? Wasn't Amityville before this? Uh, Amityville did come out for, before Poltergeist. Um, now the Amityville. There's a whole story with that. Uh, a lot of other podcasts have covered it. Yeah, it was a fra- Amityville was a fraud, 100 percent a fraud. Mm. Oh, uh, this one they have yet to prove it a fraud is where I'll leave that. Um, it also is based slightly on the Enfield Poltergeist uh, in kind of the ideas of the females of the family getting affected more. Um, there's a lot of talk amongst ghost aficionados about like when a younger girl. Uh, reaches her uh, time that ghost activity tends to um, speed up in the house and the Enfield poltergeist has a little bit of that now the girl in poltergeist is way younger than that but there's a lot of little things between those stories if you are into this kind of stuff if you look at those stories that were pulled directly from them and put into poltergeist um the one of the things about the the long island poltergeist which is the herman one uh they referred to that one as popper the poltergeist which was kind of adorable the poltergeist it, did the haunted house live up to the movie i I don't know that it lived up to the movie, but it is definitely one of the strongest haunted houses that I think I've seen them do. It's it's a very it it may not be my favorite this year, but it is a strong contender. It is a very good house, and I, I would say that it's probably better than their marquee house this year, which is Stranger Things. Yeah, I agree. I was wondering how they were going to do this because some of the visuals of Poltergeist, the movie, were, were going to be very difficult to recreate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the giant spider skeleton face thing. Um, the, the tree, mm-hmm. some of that stuff. I was like, God, the budgetarily, how are they going to do that? And they did a great job. Yeah. You know, every year I, I look at this, and this is my own stupid, you know, graphic designer thing. I'm like, what new technology or what new things did you tell that they creatively did throughout the houses? Um, this year, two things very, very much stood out. Uh, one of which was they did a really good job making pumpkin guts. Yes. Like, like perfect pumpkin guts between the scare zone and the one and the cinema house. Mm-hmm. The other thing is overly sized props because like, there are some, a lot of giant heads peeking in on the walkway, making you feel very uncomfortable. And I, it reminds me of silent Hill Four, the game where like you turn into a room and everything's like way bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that really interesting. 
Um, and they and even unsettling at times. Yeah, like the, I mean, they recreated the big spider ghost thing. Um, I thought it was very interesting. I was wondering how they were going to do the pool scene. Mm-hmm. And they opened and, up with it, which was fantastic. And I did not have to wait for long. Yeah, I was looking forward to leaving oh, wow. um, and seeing that. But they, you actually walk in and you you get a cross-section of the pool and you basically walk into the pool, like underground. Yeah, and you walk so in walking. under the house. So you see like all the coffins kind of hanging out and, and limbs sticking out of the coffins and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. to, to, a, uh, to a continuing loop of, you son of a bitch. You just moved the headstones. You left the graves. You only moved the headstones. Yeah, and I I made this uh, I made mention the other day to Greg at work that Poltergeist was the reason that we all suspected our neighborhoods were built on Indian burial grounds. On Indian burial grounds, yeah. yeah. Do Indian burial grounds actually have headstones? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just mounds. I don't know. Like because the LSU campus is built on an Indian bar- on Indian burial grounds, and they just look like little hills. Hey guys, on for the research, I realized something that the cemetery in Poltergeist, despite what everyone thinks it being an Indian burial ground, it is not. And in fact, there is a conversation in which they very specifically say it is not an Indian burial ground. It is just an old cemetery from the uh, nineteen early nineteen hundreds. So, thank you, research department. And by research department, I mean something I accidentally ran into while surfing on Reddit. Um, you know, in that scene in the pool, uh, those corpses are actually real. Did you know that? In the not in the haunted house, but in the movie. Well, they're not real corpses. They're real. They're real skeletons, skeletons because it was cheaper to get scientific. Like, skeletons. Oh, it smells in here. Just deal with it. <laughs> Spielberg was out, also like grave robbing, like between filming like real and- skeletons or just like medical medical display skeletons, real ones, like real ones that were that they bought from the medical school. Oh wow. So anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting little little thing. There's a bunch of those little... This movie, um, you could make a movie about the making of Poltergeist. There's a lot. And somebody should. Yeah, we should. All right. Let's do Let's it. Budget. Yes. So yeah, you do that. There's also a lot of like ambiguous stuff that they got into the haunted house that was also in the movie, like kind of like what's on the other side of the, the closet or what's on the other side of the TV. I thought they did a really good job with that too. Like, you know, walking through that. that oh, you mean tunnel. in the haunted house? Yes. Yeah, because as as we're going through it, I'm like, oh, oh, we're going into the TV now. All right. The one thing we didn't actually talk about here was at the beginning of the movie. The movie opens up with that national anthem thing that they used to play at the end of the TV day. For the for those of us like, I can't even believe that was a thing now. Oh, I know because you, you, you try you and explain. It's like twenty four seven. The TVs are on, they never sign off. Yeah. People, right. Yeah. Because now it's all like uh, infomercials and stuff. If you get too late, but. Back when, like, we were kids, and you'd watch, like, Johnny Carson, David Letterman, and there'd be, like, some 30-minute show, which either had music, if it was on Saturday, or... Uh, Sometimes it was even a brief infomercial. Yeah, and but if you fell asleep, which I always did as a kid, you got woken up to this really loud version of the National Anthem with, like, jets flying overhead and bald mm-hmm. eagles, and I think, like, Ronald Reagan was riding in on a horse while fighting a bear. I don't with a think bald that eagle on his shoulder. Yeah, with a bald eagle on his shoulder. Um, and the eagle was actually smoking a Marlboro. I think yep. so. On a little tiny Harley. <laughs> but, <laughs> so that would happen. And then, like, what would, and then it would cut to, like, really loud white noise, which mm-hmm. both of those things were way louder than what you had been watching. And it would wake you up with, like, a startling, like, Whoa. 
and they, they would just be static on the TV. Yeah, and that's what happened at the beginning of the movie. That's basically what you know how the movie opens up, and of course, the little girl puts her hands on the TV and sees something in the white noise. And, and of course, anytime we saw that as a kid, we were like, oh my god, turn off the TV, turn off the TV! Yeah, that screwed me up for a very long time. And to this day, like, whenever, like, I mean, the in several of the haunted houses this year, they use white noise like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Halloween Horror Nights, and it it still works, even though you don't even get white noise anymore. Like, I yeah, I don't, I don't even know of a single channel that does it. Do you? No. Um, I mean, I think like, unless you have an old CRT TV, but um, even then, it cuts out the sound. Hmm. You, it'll it just does the blue screen with the no signal thing on it. Which is funny because, like last year when we built the hundred the poltergeist room for our Halloween thing, um, mm-hmm. I had to actually make a recording of white noise onto like an MP3. Like a, I had to make an MP3 and play it through my phone through a little speaker because you really? couldn't get it. Yeah, because you couldn't get it to actually play with the noise. I could get the visual, but I couldn't get the noise. So every time someone walked up, I had to hit play and play like a recording of it. Oh wow, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, as you were dying in the corner. Yeah. Well. At least I had to be there for something. Guys out there, if you, um, there is a really good 4K video of someone walking through the haunted house, um, on, online somewhere on YouTube. So if you guys can't make it, you can always just walk through the house that way. And it's very good low light photography and that. So you're walking through this like area. It's all claustrophobic and there's stuff coming in. And I love it. I love that part. Um, I love the giant skeleton guy. They, they managed to do the tree. Mm-hmm. And oh, of course, and of course, that motherfucking clown. <laughs> the yeah. clown. The goddamn clown. Greg was like reading about the story behind it and brings up a picture and he's just like flipping off his computer. Yeah, that's true. Fuck you, clown. That clown ruined me as a kid. I, I've i talked about it twice on this podcast, so you can go back and listen to early episodes of that. But they got it right. It looks right. Mm-hmm. It's they have one actor with it like on its back, and he's like, like the clown's arms are like attached to his arms, so it makes it look like he's strangling him and stuff. Did you see the yeah. one clown that actually moves as you enter that room? I didn't. Wait, did I? No, I don't think I did. The, the head kind of looks at you and then snaps back to the to the left as you're as you're walking past. Oh, I'm gonna beat that clown's ass. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but so yeah, that, that the house was excellent. They have the um, the researcher clawing at his face, ripping yep. his face off in the sink. That's like and, one of the early parts of the... And that like was one of the scenes thing. that I talked about just last week, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, you see that right as you get out of the pool area. Um, so, and of, and of course, the um, Zelda Rubenstein, I forget her, the uh, ghost speaker, whatever, the little mm-hmm. the little person with the high-pitched voice that is from Pittsburgh, by the way, the actress. And the actress they have playing her, the scare actor they have playing her is great. Mm-hmm. She, she looks so Oddly much accurate. Like yeah, there's two that are really accurate this year. That's one of them, and the the kid playing um the one of the kids from Stranger Things. I like. Yeah. I had to do a double take. I totally thought it was him. I was like, whoa. Um, and it's funny because if you look online, people have the same statements as well. But anyway, they did that. Um, do you guys feel that Poltergeist is cursed? Well, like with the all the with all the shit that went down, like with the cast members and everything, yeah. Yeah, I, I am also aware of this, um, the consequences and, and the things that happened. Greg, why don't you uh, enlighten those of us who do not know? Yeah, so I'm, I'm always wary of this, any conversation about curse, because, like, as time goes on, everyone is going to have something bad happen to them. 
and be like, oh, this movie is cursed because 50 years after it was released, one of the actors died at the age of 110. You're like, well, okay. <laughs> Great, he lived to 110, whatever. But so Poltergeist, things that happened, uh, Dominique Dunn, who played the older sister, uh, she was strangled by her boyfriend right around the same time as the movie came out. So pretty much by the time the movie was still in the theaters, she had, had died based on um, being strangled. They said it was manslaughter. The guy that killed her, John Thomas Sweeney, was sentenced to 6.5 years in prison for strangling someone to death. He only served 3.5, and he actually became a successful chef after changing his name uh, to John Patrick Mora. So if you know a John Patrick Mora, he strangled an actress to death. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, one of the oh, actors shit. in a small part, Julian Beck, he died of stomach cancer right as the movie was released. Mm -hmm. uh, Will Sampson died of a heart-lung transplant. Um, I believe he was actually in Poltergeist 2, though. Uh, Lou Perryman was murdered by an axe-wielding ex-convict. Uh, but that actually, that happened in about 2012. So oh, okay. who amongst us hasn't been murdered by an axe-wielding ex-convict at some point in our lives? Um, the big one is Heather O'Rourke, because she was, of course, the little girl. Um she was the the face of the movie, so to speak. That they're here, little girl. Uh, she died at twelve years old, so that was I believe six years after the movie came out of a bowel obstruction. Um, she was misdiagnosed as having Crohn's. Um, one of the weird things was she died after Super Bowl Sunday, and in the movie there's a Super Bowl Sunday. Po there's a Super Bowl poster in the little boys' room in the movie, but it's for a Super Bowl that is many years in the future. So it's like Super Bowl like thirty three or something that hadn't yet happened. And I don't think that that's the year she died, but it was kind of a weird little thing. Um, but she ended up dying of intestinal stenosis. Is that a thing, Rob? Sure. Okay. Um, and the guy that to a bowel obstruction. And James Kahn, who uh, wrote the book of the movie, he said that seconds after he wrote the line "lightning ripped open the sky," his work building was actually struck by lightning, and all of the arcade games in the lounge room, which is awesome by the way, um, began playing by themselves. So nice. that's just some of the weird stuff that happened, and some of the reasons why I'm like this needs to be a documentary. Um, Poltergeist, I think, kind of changed the world of horror. Don't I don't know if you guys think that, because horror was definitely going in a slasher route around this time. And Poltergeist actually was a big-name director kinda and won awards. Kind of transitioned it back to Supernatural. It transitioned it back to Supernatural, and it won awards for it. Um, you know, this happened only a few years after The Exorcist and stuff like that. It brought things, as you said, Supernatural. Um, and it, uh, it, it was a classy horror movie, so to speak. Um, so there are things from this movie, I think, and things that are ended up in the haunted house that became tropes in other ghost movies. Um, as I said before, things stacking up on each other, mm -hmm. um, you know, disembodied voices and portals to other worlds and people being stuck on the other side. And you can hear their voices through the walls and the TV is like in stranger things for, for example, or even, um, that was a big one in insidious, wasn't it? The, the portal thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this stuff carried through and it was really came from poltergeist. Um, you know, the idea of the, the haunted tree that looks like something else, which actually came from, like, early cartoons from, like, the 30s of, like, spooky cartoons. But beyond that, um, you know, that's it's it's a movie that if you like horror, you probably have seen. But if you haven't seen it, find it. See it. And not the remake. No. Dear God. Yeah. Uh, it holds up. It does. And I was just telling, I was just telling, because we were watching it today, I was just telling Genevieve, if I'm ever putting together, like, a supernatural strike force team, I want Zelda on my squad. Oh, yeah. She is kick-ass. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's really all I have to say about Poltergeist, actually. Yeah. Um, there's one little thing. If you want to visit the clown, which actually almost really killed Robbie, by the way, that it's actually strangled him a little too hard. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that clown lives at Caesar's Palace, uh, the planet Hollywood out there, nice. as far at least in the article that I read. Um, so you can go visit that clown. And if you do visit that clown, I would like you to take a picture of it and send it to the Give Me Five podcast. Absolutely. We want on pictures. On our Facebook page, on our Instagram. I don't care. Just tag us in it. I want to see a picture of that clown so I can finally work my way through those things. Earlier in the episode, I believe Rob made a comment about how he would always want to pick Zelda or whatever her character's name is in Poltergeist. Tangina. Tangina. Well, wow, it was weird when you both said it exactly at the same time. It <laughs> echoed in my head and it sounded like it sounded like the voice of God. It echoed in your head. It did. So Tangina in his um if he was starting a team to battle ghosts or find ghosts or something like that and um, because the show isn't nerdy enough, uh, somehow we ended up on this conversation as to if you had to pick a team of five people uh, to battle ghosts and other paranormal entities such as uh, werewolves, vampires. Uh, supernatural entities. Yeah, supernatural entities. Um, who would be on your team of five? And we're going to try to do something a little bit different these this time for the give me five question. You know what happens when you try and do things differently. Yeah, we end up having to re-record late on a... <laughs> on a Saturday night, <laughs> most likely. Um, no, so, uh, yeah, what we're going to do is uh, the give me five question of the week is uh, going to be like fantasy draft style. What five supernatural uh, battlers or fighters or champions would you like on your defense team? Uh, some of the rules we came up with here, uh, we can't pick anyone too overpowered. Like, they can't be an actual god. So... You can't be like, well, I want Zeus. Um, or I want also, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I win. And the other thing is you can't pick like anyone that's a villain. You can't be like a Voldemort's on my team because we're, we're looking to, to save the world, not end the world. And um, and we also decided we wanted to try and keep it to the occult or yes. or knowledge of the occult. So... So that so we're 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 basically trying to eliminate the like the the Harry Potters and the you know the stuff like that and uh, Merlin and right 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 all all the super obvious choices yes I think okay. we're still going to end up with a bunch of superheroes but so um Disagree. we are going to determine the order of picking here um uh, Jimmy which number would you like to be so you're you're number one Rob you're number two okay and I'm number three there you go. Eight. Okay, and then uh, <laughs> you asked me to pick a number. Uh, Siri, give me a number between one and three. One. One. So Jimmy goes first. Rob goes second. I go third. There you go. And okay. then for the second round, we'll go three, two, one. All right, let's okay. try it. Okay. So Jimmy, who is your first pick? Uh, that would be Joe. Uh, Joe. Joe, Mama. Wow. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, um, Jimmy is not taking our supernatural draft seriously. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy wasted his first pick on your mama. All right, my turn. Joe, <laughs> Joe, mama. All right, my number one pick is Simon Belmont. Ooh. Okay, all right, fair pick. Okay. Greg, you're gonna hate me because I think I'm taking Doctor Strange. I hate you. No. So Greg gets the next one. Yep. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with um, Ghost Rider then. Oh, yep. He was on from the TV show. Uh, well, more from the comic. Okay, the, the, the God of Vengeance. Although he's well, he says the God of Vengeance, but he's the Spirit of Vengeance rather. Okay, and so, oh, I get to, and I get to go again because it's we're doing three. One, oh, two, that's three, right. Two, yep. Um, and I think I need a a guy at the computer. Um, no, actually, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with um Harry Dresden from the Dresden Files. Ooh, yep. Okay, 
because he's because he, um, he gets down and dirty. He sees all sorts of things. I can't say too much because I'll spoil one of the nine hundred books of his, but <laughs> which I haven't read yet. Yeah. So uh, the picker number two is uh, Rob. Hang on, just a second. Uh, wait, who was your first pick, Jimmy? Simon Belmont. Yep, that's right. Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go muscle and take Hellboy. Ooh, nice. I just watched a panel today with the stars from that movie, and I'm very excited. So that Perfect. comes back to you, Jimmy. Yep. And I'm trying to dance around it because you mentioned it first, but I'm gonna say Tangina Barons from Poltergeist. Oh, damn it! And I was, uh, I was you. Waiting. You have like 15. Yeah. Well, and the reason, honestly, the reason she moved further down my list is because we opened it up from just paranormal to supernatural. So she's, she's not, for me, she wasn't quite as strong in the, you know, vampires and werewolf range. Um, But as far as ghosts go, I mean, her ability to communicate with ghosts plus her, plus her clairvoyance and her ability to read minds and shit. Yeah. (laughs) Rob, uh, you are, you are up. Oh, it's my, uh, no, I thought I'd go twice. it's, it's, It's Jimmy's turn again. Uh, I was going to do it where... Okay, good. Then. Yeah. No, well, that's fine. I was going to knock me a second for once, but okay, that's fine. So, Jimmy, what is your third pick? Uh, my third pick is going to be a, a team. Go on. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, yep. Annabelle. Yeah, except that's, well, except that's bad because they were proven to be frauds. Specifically... So the movie version? From the the movie version, yeah. Gotcha. Because they're, it, they're it like... like real life. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I... I the yeah, real life one no. basically just came in, stole all of your cool stuff, and left. But the movie yeah. version are badass, so we're yeah. good. That's who I'm going with. Okay, Rob, good. Um, there's there's a couple that I want. I think I think I'm gonna have to go with Spawn though. Oh shit! Nice. Wow, it's pretty strong. I've got some brawlers on my team, so I think I need uh, I think I need some some brains. Maybe I don't know. I think I'll go with Giles from Buffy. Back. Okay. He's the guy on the computer that, you know, makes sure everything is, mm-hmm. uh, he does all the research and makes sure we're ready to go. Okay. All right. And oh, for your next one? Um, well, can't have uh, Giles without uh, Buffy. Okay. <laughs> I like uh, it. I'll trade you Buffy and Giles for Doctor Strange, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Nobody's <laughs> trading for, nobody's trading for Joe, huh? I'm, I'm liking my team so far. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with knowledge and ability in dealing with matters of the occult, and I'm going to take... Jimmy, you just got drafted. Oh, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> go ahead, Rob. I'm going to take Constantine. Oh, it took him from me. Well, I, I, I figured he wasn't going to go first, <laughs> but I didn't want to wait too long. That's a good one. Oh, uh, very good. And I already know who my fifth is. I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping Jimmy doesn't pick him, doesn't pick in, in his next two picks. Hey, Jimmy, you got, you're the next two. Hmm. I'm trying to read Rob's mind. That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. There's nothing good going on will, there. I don't think you will pick my choice. We'll just say that. All right. I, I'm going to go with a couple of um, religious or loosely religious figures. I'm going with Father Callahan Except from Salem's Lot. Okay. Who also appeared in the Dark Tower was a pivotal character in there. Although you didn't see him in the movie, he was in the books. Nice, nice. And then, Greg, I'm sorry, but I am picking Father Marin from The Exorcist. Oh, crossing that off. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of priests. Yep, I, I had to get some, some holiness in there. All I'm saying is that your guys, like, team headquarters is going to be so lame. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. 
but that's okay. If when the hell mouth opens up, you're gonna want a little bit of lameness. Okay, so that gets your team out there. So one, two, three, four, five. Uh, Rob. Well, for my last pick, I have I have watched so many episodes, and the knowledge base of the occult is fairly strong. And their ability, because it's a team, their ability to handle most situations is ridiculous. Um, even if they are human, I'm going to go with the Winchesters <gasps> from Supernatural. So that's, you're counting that as two? Sam and Dean, yeah. Nice. Okay, so you got your five, and now I've got my last pick. And, uh, man, I, I, went, I went mostly Brawler, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Van Helsing. Yeah, he was on the list, too. A almost made mine in, until we um, opened it up. So that almost. Van Helsing. So uh, let's see. Jimmy, yeah. you have Simon Belmont, uh, Tangina. So you got someone who can find the dead and speak to the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed and Lorraine. Uh, yep. Simon's my muscle. Ed and Lorraine are my my reasoning, I guess. And then a couple of holy men. Yeah, Father Callahan and Father Marin. I feel good about it. So if the hell mouth was to open up right in your driveway, you'd be ready to go. I, I feel like I would be. I've got uh, – Simon Belmont is, is my only muscle on the team, but he's – I think he's enough. Yeah. Aside from me, of course, because I'm all muscle. And so, I so I ended up with a crap load of muscle. That was a joke, but <laughs> – Sorry, I was reading at the time. So um, I, I ended up with a crap load of muscle. Um even with a character who really isn't all that muscular, but he would probably do most of the heavy lifting in Doctor Strange. Um, so, so Rob got um, uh, Hellboy, Spawn, Constantine, the Winchesters, and then he traded Doctor Strange to me for two players to be named later? Nope, that that did not happen. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident with my team, actually. Oh, Constantine's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. And I ended up with um, Ghost Rider... Harry Dresden from the Dresden Files. That's a uh, strong pick, too. Giles, Buffy, and Van Helsing. So, again, I went muscle. And, uh, you went you went attitude. I did, actually. Yeah, Dresden. Your, your, your team headquarters, they're not going to make it out of the door together. No, they're well, all going to try to go out of the door together and be, like, stuck. I'm not <laughs> sure how well my team would mesh either, to, to, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. And and I didn't take the team, but I, I wasn't sure whether or not the rest of the team would come with Hellboy or not. But I, even if it doesn't, I'm fine with Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, when we were having this conversation, it kind of drifted off into other locations. And I believe some of our listeners kind of ended up hearing about this. Correct, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. They did. And I got some really varied responses. So I I really want to thank my friends who, who contributed to this topic. Um I, I giggled at a couple of these because on my girlfriend's list were Dean Winchester and Buffy because just Dean Sam, because apparently Sam Winchester's useless. Yeah, he's a bit of a bitch sometimes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Uh, so thank you so much. Um, VP says Fitz from Shield. Ah, Whoopi Goldberg from Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character from The Ghost Whisperer. Okay. Okay. Danny Phantom. I don't know who that and is. And Ghost Rider. I don't know Danny Phantom. Do I know Danny Phantom? I have to look. I don't know. Do you? I'm, I'm looking Danny Phantom up. He's a porn star. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's a cartoon character from uh, from Nickelodeon, apparently. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. 2004 to 2007. Um, I was busy not watching Nickelodeon at that, <laughs> at that age of my life. Can't say that so much now, but... Sarah's List. Okay. Carolyn and Roger Perron from The Conjuring. Those okay. were the parents. Ah, okay. Cole Sear from Sixth Sense. Okay. Okay. Morgan Freeman. Just more actually, because, actually Morgan Freeman. Not Because, parentheses, his voice is soothing. <laughs> okay. So a little... He, Morgan Freeman could just talk you through it and be like, all right, now, everything's going to be okay. I just want him to narrate what I'm doing. Greg lifts his pen. Eleven. Connects it to the paper. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. Go on. All right. Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice. Ah. Great choice. Yeah. And Chris Pratt. Because? Not exactly sure why. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he's dreamy. Uh, I don't know. He yeah. seems like he would make a ghost laugh or something. He's pretty religious, so he might be the priest per- version. And, he is. Uh, go go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, and and like, like I was saying earlier, if we were talking strictly paranormal, the the team would change significantly because there are people who who would be who would be eligible and who actually might get picked um, that have absolutely no business, you know, fighting vampires and werewolves like the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Or Tan. Or Chris Pratt. <laughs> or Chris Pratt. <laughs> you shut oh, your full yeah. mouth. Chris Pratt can definitely fight vampires. All right, no, I have one more list. Okay. Go for it. From the friend of the five, good friend of the five, Kerwin. Kerwin. Yep. Here we go. And he's got a, a pretty great list. Uh, we've got Tangina from Poltergeist. Okay. Yep. John Constantine okay. yep. from the Hellblazer comics. Vanessa Ives from Penny Dreadful. Ah, that's very strong. Okay. Frank Bannister from The Frighteners. Uh, I haven't seen that. Was that Michael J. Fox's character? Uh, yes. Okay. I think. And his number five is is a great one. It's uh, James Randi. I don't know if I know that. James Randi was the man who debunked a lot of claims from people who would go on TV, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, and they would claim to be psychic or uh-huh. have telekinesis or anything james randy would come up and be like no you're full of shit so he's kind of like a, and this he's is still why. alive too yeah he is He's like a 90 year old um, version of like the scooby-doo people yeah but he would be the voice of reason i think and be able to come out and be like no that's somebody knocking on the underside of the table y'all can go home now nice so thank you guys so much for writing in yes thank you it's actually kind of a fun exercise and and, and very nerdy it, it, yeah and and also anybody else who's hearing this episode, make your own list out and send it in to us. If you come up with others that we that we might uh, that we might include, we might uh, we might include that in our next episode. Yeah, Re- retouch the lists. Yes, um, there there were actually I was surprised there were a couple on my list that I was con- that I was considering. Um, almost all of my list got drafted. By the way, uh, there were only three on my list that did not get drafted, and that was um, Ash. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Ash didn't get drafted, Jimmy's gonna but I, I imagine I imagine that's probably because all of in everything that Ash has ever been in, anybody who's with him dies. So I don't I don't know that you want to that you want to be with. That. <laughs> okay, so uh, week two waiver wire when um, Tangina goes down with a hip injury. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna pick up Ash. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. But, but, um, the other two, and I was surprised that this, that one of them didn't get drafted because it's very associated with one of Greg's picks and that would be okay. Angel. 
Yeah, never right. did that. He took Buffy. Buffy. He took Buffy, but Angel went undrafted, and then also Vampire Hunter D. Nice. I'm now picturing Tangina slipping on some like ectoplasm and hurting her her hip and frantically pressing the life call thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, Jib- and Jibby being like, "Oh shit." <laughs> Get me Ash! Is Ash still available? Oh wow, we just uh, we just tied together football and supernatural champions. See, I, I I think that went well, Jimmy. I'm glad we went with the uh, with the fantasy draft. I know you were a little I'm anxious so, about it, but I'm so glad we did. I think I think that went well. Thank you for listening, and we do apologize for the weirdness at the end there. Um, however. <laughs> regardless of what you thought about that if you loved it feel free to rate and review us and like us and uh subscribe to us on your favorite podcast network um if you hated us maybe you shouldn't review this particular episode and review the one where we interview uh i don't know uh joe ballerini or uh tim Kirk capello Bizigian, or something Kirk yeah one of those guys um when we pretended like we were adults <laughs> um I don't think we ever do that. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Remember, it's just a bad day, not a bad life. And stay tuned after the music if you'd like to hear Rob's critique of the ending of The Endless. This will be an outtake. This is your final warning. Um four spoilers for the endless take it away rob okay so the the biggest issue that i had was in in the time loop that everybody is in okay they continue they continue they basically reset right but it seems like they retain the memories of the previous time loops right so they're always looking for like a way out but yet the people Mm -hmm. when they restart the time loop it seems like they don't have any recollection you know, because the guy's like, if I have to listen to you hear hear you say, oh, it's fucking Mike one more time, I swear to God. And then the time loop resets and he says, oh, it's fucking Mike. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait a oh, minute. Oh, my do, friend Mike. Yeah. Do they do they have memories or do they not have memories? Because it seems like they're, it, it just seems a little inconsistent when they do stuff like that. And then, of course, you've got the the guy in the trailer who his, his corpse is hanging in the trailer and He's still so his time loop is like all jacked up because he's seeing his corpse and the guy's seeing his corpse and you know it's like no wait a minute if, if this is going to be a time loop it's got to reset and he's not supposed to see any of this other stuff right there's I think uh, there's different time loops everyone has their own length of a time loop right no no yeah. I I understand that the that the length is all different but still it seems like the rules are different for each time loop I think it gets all uh, mucked up when the suicide option is taken. That's what the guy in the shed was talking about. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the, the guys at the house, they essentially commit suicide as well. Well, it's like murder suicide. Cause Mike burns the place down while Chris is, uh, chained up. Chained. Yeah. So I, whether that was it or not, I'd have to go back. Cause they do. Uh, the guy in the shed does talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, you should take the suicide option. Blah, blah, blah. They, they touch on it briefly but i agree that that's a that's that's a problem because they don't really elaborate on it right but then also if the time loop resets then how did he how does he find the the hard drive because if they buried it from a previous time loop 
wouldn't it all just reset? Was it buried within the, the sticks? I didn't think you could exit the the time loop. That's why the people, because the people were like, no, I literally can't go with you. I have to stay here. I cannot go. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they can't exit their little area, their little sphere of influence. So, but if everything resets at the start of the time loop, how do, how do they, how do they leave themselves anything? And that being said, how do they ever have a product to ship out to get money? You know, the, how do they ever ship out the beer? If everything resets, how do they have beer? Because you'd think that, you know, when it resets, you know, that, that, oh, well, you know, we can't really ship anything out because everything is reset. I, I guess their loops just kind of pick up back in the middle of everything. Like, this would be a really hard movie to diagram. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just assume that the main inhabitants of Camp Arcadia, that they just, you know, they all get literally smashed um, at the end of their time loop. Mm-hmm. And then but- they, they reset and they come back and the lights are on. The beer is already in production, right? But also, start if, over every single time. If they can't, if they can't leave their their little area, then what is he talking about? When is oh, do you understand how hard it is to go in and sell beer to some? You know, try and sell beer to somebody who thinks that you're a UFO death cult. Blah 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 blah. You have screwed us. It's like how is he getting out to deal with anybody? And you know, they say it's their they say it's their major export, but I mean, how are they- <laughs> How are they shipping anything out? Maybe they're not. Maybe that's just the memory that they, before. that they, that's just what they think they do when they reset, you know? Right. I, but, but what I'm saying is, is they, they give several clues or they give several instances throughout the movie where the act, where the, the characters in their little scenes actually have retained memories from previous loops. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and what I'm saying is that we never saw them export the beer or whatever. Right. But if, but yeah. if their memory is intact, why would they think that they're exporting the beer is what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm that. saying. The, 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 the rules are kind of very inconsistent. And that, mm-hmm. and that was where I was having a little bit of trouble. I mean, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't so bad that I was, that I was not able to focus on the movie and enjoy the movie for what it was. But, but you run into these problems when you do like these time travel things or these time loop things. And if you don't think it out and if you don't, if you don't like explain stuff, people like me are like, yo, what the F dude? What? <laughs> it was really great until you got into it. And then you just like screwed it all up with all this stuff. It seemed like yeah, they, I... they tried to throw too much in there and they didn't really think it out and they didn't plan, you know, it, it was almost like they just didn't plan it out. They're like, oh, this is a cool story. F it. We'll do it. And it was a cool story and it was, it was fine, but there there were issues is all i'm saying did i did i miss like a conversation point sorry i had to i no it was, was just a long uncomfortable silence because i thought you were going to stop it before the silence oh okay sorry no i was ushering the dog downstairs